following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners. Welcome to the 111th ever show of All Around Sports. For each Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, we broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www. IIR Sports, one word, dot com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week, as well as my event of the week that I attended and will attend. Also, in a few minutes, we will be joined by our weekly call in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Well, my highlight of the week is New England Patriots coach Bill Belichick. Stepping up this past Wednesday, two days ago, to uh, really uh, give what I think was his best press conference ever. I've sat in on many of them, 20 minutes from where I'm speaking to you right now at Gillette Stadium. And uh, nobody knew how he was going to uh, handle this whole Aaron Hernandez mess. Uh, And... All credit to Belichick, he just nailed it. He just had the perfect, perfect tone for uh, for the gravity of the situation. And uh, he showed, you know, the proper amount of respect, emotion, tone, body language, all of it. And for those of us who have sat in on his press conferences, hasn't always been that way, as we all well know, and... Uh, You know, the pressure was really on here. You know, the owner, Bob Kraft, had already stepped up against the advice of his lawyers, apparently, and talked very frankly about the Hernandez situation, and uh, Belichick was next up. And, again, he really delivered. He, uh, you know, just showed a side of him that we're not used to seeing, and... uh, So I give him a lot of credit. And I also give uh, the head of Patriots Public Relations, Stacey James, a lot of credit in the whole organization because uh, the timing of it was just perfect. Uh, The way they, again, recognized what was happening, that this was uh, 
not something that had ever happened before. And therefore, they had to deal with it in a way that they had never dealt with it a situation before. And what I mean by that is having Belichick in on Wednesday, having Brady, Wilfork, Devin McCourty, Jared Mayo, the captains from last year, speak yesterday. And then today, of course, training camp is underway. It's rainy up here in New England, so... uh not what you really want to see. And as I look, uh, Tim Tebow, third-string quarterback Tim Tebow, is uh, speaking to the media. And he, of course, uh, was Aaron Hernandez's teammate and the guy who got Aaron Hernandez the ball when he became an All-American in uh, 2009 at the University of Florida. And, oh, by the way, they, uh, the Gators removed their brick, if you will, honoring Hernandez for being named a first-team All-America that yesterday. So everybody is just disassociating themselves from Hernandez in every way possible, obviously even going back to his college days. So, uh, again, the situation just gets bigger and bigger, and that moves right into my bizarre story of the week, which is related, which is simply that while... Belichick was speaking at about 2 p.m. on Wednesday afternoon. At that exact moment in time, Aaron Hernandez was uh, being ushered out of the van into the courthouse for his arraignment. So it was just a surreal situation. I mean, up here in Boston, you know, all the local channels, of course, covered it, broke in live for Belichick, and then literally went to split screen and as Belichick is talking and giving his statement, followed by a Q&A, uh, you know, the other part of the TV, the split screen, if you will, is showing Hernandez standing in a courtroom, uh, you know, dealing with his situation with his lawyers. And again, he, it was just incredible. Another irony. Uh, you know, an amazing one at that, just, you know, the way this stuff turns out for, again, Belichick press conference to be coincide exactly to the minute with the Hernandez arraignment uh, was, uh, you can't make this stuff up. So, again, it's just uh, a story that gets just getting, uh, gets deeper and deeper rather than, you know, diminishing as time goes by. It's actually... Uh, getting more and more branch elements extending out from it uh, up here in Boston, uh, getting a lot of airtime. The Boston Globe this week said that the uh, grand jury was convened to look at uh, a 2012 double murder in Boston that Hernandez apparently is now linked to, has been for a while, but now this, what's new is, you know, that there's a grand jury looking into the potential Hernandez connection. So again, it's just, uh, you know, crazy story and getting crazier by the minute. So, uh, we'll see what turns out. But again, this story is not going away anytime soon. What will be interesting now will be, uh, the Patriots, you know, they got it all out of the way. They can't talk a lot because of the legal ramifications, ongoing legal investigation. Football is underway. And, I guarantee you the media, especially the Boston media, is not going to let this go. It's not like they're going to stop asking questions about the Hernandez situation. So 
It'll be interesting to see how the Patriots are going to handle it. I simply believe they'll just say we've already covered that, you know, football questions only, but exactly how they do it, the verbiage they use will be uh, fascinating to watch both up here in Boston and nationwide. It's obviously a national story. So that brings me to my low light of the week, which is simply the uh, Ryan Braun suspension for PED use and... I, for one, I've said this on this show before, I am just so tapped out on this uh, steroids and baseball story. Uh, the minute I hear it on sports talk radio, which not surprisingly I listen to frequently, uh, you know, I just switch stations. And, uh, you know, I just, I think America, much of the American sporting public has just glazed over on this topic. It is just uh, simply old and tiresome. Uh, frankly, cheating in baseball is as old as the game itself. Going back to spitballs and greenies and just everything else, uh, even back to the Black Sox scandal of 1919, if you want to really go back. It's just part of the game and just the attention it gets with these suspensions is just... Uh, yeah, just so time-consuming that, I, and I just again, everybody I know has no interest. They're just you know don't want to talk about it anymore, and certainly don't want to listen to it, as it's just nonstop every time these suspensions come up. And uh, so you know, sounds like there's more to come. And I'll grant you, Ron was the MVP just a couple of years ago up here in Boston. You know. People still haven't gotten over the fact that, uh, you know, Jason Giambi hit two home runs in Game 7 in the 2003 Pedro Grady Little game, kept the Yankees alive, so to speak, so that they were only down 5-2, the two being Giambi's home runs earlier in the game. And then he was, of course, later uh, dragged into the whole PED use. And uh, so everybody, you know, feels that that was, uh, quote, an illegitimate victory by the Yankees overall. And a lot of people, and I'm bringing that up because a lot of people are going back a couple of years ago to when, uh, you know, to when uh, Ryan Braun had the big series against the Arizona Diamondbacks in the National League playoffs and, uh, you know, basically carried him to victory. So a lot of Diamondback and baseball fans are, you know, uh, pretty upset that it now appears that he was uh, – using during that exact postseason when he was uh, on fire. So, again, it just continues to be uh, tiresome. I don't know how else to say it. Um, and, you know, we'll just uh, have to wait and see uh, what happens with what could be finally, you know, the biggest. And hopefully just maybe this will turn out to be kind of the last story, uh, so to speak, on this, like the the moment when finally, you know, everybody can move on if they indeed suspend a lot of players like they're talking and we're hearing everything from lifetime suspensions to 100 games to whatever. So uh, maybe this will finally, you know, blow it up, blow up the issue once and for all. And hopefully everybody can move on. So with that said, my former co- and as my former co-host Lemont Williams from outside the huddle likes to say, 
time to pay some bills, so let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Football and so much more is the focus of Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Join the former Arizona Cardinals running back for a show that mixes, well, a little bit of everything. Damian brings to the program life experiences playing football and will talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field. The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Ready for in-your-face sports? Want to talk about the topics that nobody else is willing to talk about, either because they're too scared to touch them or just don't think it's the way to go? You're not going to be shy here. Tune in to Here's the Deal with Mega and Steel, featuring Ike Mega Griffin and Sydney Steel Justice. We've got the facts to back up the talk and invite you to join us every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, just before the weekend on the Voice America Sports Channel. We tell it like it is. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, Back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we typically have guests, and on the line is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine. A.P., how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing very good, John. How are you? Doing great, doing great. Uh, well, you and I are both pretty excited because we will both be covering and attending, of course, the WNBA All-Star Game tomorrow at Mohegan Sun in Connecticut. And uh, it's going to be great. You know, it's uh, a little disappointing in that, you know, the uh, the three rookies uh the three to see as the WNBA themselves have been promoting since the draft literally uh, are not going to be playing. Skylar Diggins did not make the team, but more importantly, Brittany Griner and Donna Deladon are both injured. Both recently, Deladon just the other night with a concussion. So neither of those two who were both 
going to be on the uh, on the All Star teams uh, are going to play, and Deladon was actually the leading vote getter. So, too bad, huh? AP. Yeah, that was exciting for Deladon to be the leading vote getter, and and she's so talented. She kind of reminds me of maybe when Larry Bird came into the league, that tall, angular player that can shoot very well, not extremely athletic, but so highly skilled. So it would have been great to see her, but. You know, I'm disappointed, and of course, Brittany Griner, you know, has a knee injury. So, but we're going to get a chance to see the other All Stars of the league, and there's nothing we can do about injuries that happen right before an All Star game. It's one of those things. That's exactly right. It's just one of those things. Again, just too bad. Uh, you know, again, I was extremely interested to see. You know, Griner, the first woman ever to dunk in a college game, and. Deladon, great comparison, AP, uh, with Larry Bird. I agree. She, uh, she, her game is similar. You know, she's well-rounded, uh, good on fundamental fundamentals, and just, uh, yeah, someone who I've always wanted to watch uh, ever since first seeing her a couple years ago. So, but that's not to say there uh, aren't plenty of stars that we will be seeing. Uh, they've, you know, put in some. Obviously, uh, big-time all-stars who've had great careers to replace Griner and Deladon, so that's going to be fun as well. Oh, yeah, and uh, John, as you mentioned, one of the replacements for uh, specifically for Brittany Griner is Tina Thompson. She's been a, an all-star player, I think, eight times, and she's in her 16th or 17th final season, and she's had a rejuvenation of her career playing with Seattle uh, Sue Bird and Lauren Jackson are injured, so she's played well this year. And, and I mean, Houston, the Houston team could never won those championships without her. They had, you know, Cheryl Swoops and Cynthia Cooper, but uh, Thompson was that forward that can at the time was six foot two and three. Would go outside and knock down three pointers. She had good post moves. She was a rugged defender and a strong rebounder. So I'm, I'm glad if anyone was going to replace Brittany Griner, it's you know, they chose her because she is the only one remaining from the original uh, inaugural season. Correct, correct. And, uh, yeah, it's perfect, really. And uh, the Atlanta Dream Center, Erica D'Souza, has been named to uh, replace Elena Deladon uh, in the All-Star game. So I've seen her play before when I've covered uh, Connecticut Sun games at Mohegan Sun. And, uh She's a great player as well. So again, plenty of talent, no question about that. To uh, you know, put on what I'm sure will be a, just an excellent All Star game and just a big weekend down there. You know, just lots of events, uh, community events all day today down in Mohegan Sun. Uh, practice later this afternoon, open to the public. So uh, it's it's going to be a festive occasion. It really has, you know. A big-time event feel. I was down for a Sun game a couple weeks ago, and everybody was talking about it then. So the weekend is here, and I think it's really going to be uh, an enjoyable experience. Yeah, I do too, John. And the league, they're smart by engaging the public and having some probably the young girls be on the court for some instruction, and, and you get to meet the players and up close and personal. So WNBA, that, that's how you're going to keep attracting fans. You have to try to hang on to those that are loyal to the, you know, their league and then try to attract the new ones by you know, being up close and personal. 
So, and it's always nice when you know the former Connecticut players come back because it, the crowd gets excited. You know, Diana Taurasi and and different ones. So that you know, there's always a big crowd to see her, and she's entertaining, and she'll play to the crowd. So that'll be great. It will be great, and you know. It bears mentioning, I mean, I've covered the Sun now for about three years, and, uh, you know, it's a great product, and just, again, the perfect locale. You mentioned, you you know, the Yukon influence is just gigantic. If you had to pick a hotbed of women's basketball anywhere in this country, I'd say it's Connecticut. And, uh, yeah, there's so many great players. They're now throughout the WNBA, and then when they return, be it on individual games or certainly for an all-star game like tomorrow, it just... uh, adds to it bottom line you know it's a great great product they put on the arena is beautiful it's about 10,000 seats about 10,000 and uh again it's just an absolutely big time professional product first class that they put on for every game but tomorrow will be obviously up a level it's going to be tele broadcast nationally on abc at 3 30 eastern time so uh yeah they do a great job, and again, it's it is it's the epicenter. Uh, clearly, one of the league's top franchises, if not the top one. Yeah, every seat you can have have a good view of the court, and then of course after the game you could shop and gamble and eat at the various restaurants, and you know you could walk around, so you don't have to leave immediately, and people come early and do different things. So, yeah, I think it'd be an outstanding weekend for someone who likes women's basketball and it's you know right there on the coast of connecticut not too far and so head on down to mohegan sun and see all-star WNBA all-star game yeah and that's what really sets it apart too you know that's what makes it unique and different is uh you know uh it's a destination you know and so people know they can come to the game i know it draws obviously a lot of extra fans because they can come to the game and then you know Lots to do afterwards. Uh, you know, Michael Jordan's restaurant is inside Mohegan Sun. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, given uh, the basketball connection, you know, we'll head there after a game, if not before. Very often after a game, you'll see the, uh, you know, the players from both the opposing and home teams, you know, heading to Michael Jordan's. I mean, if you're a WNBA player, where would you rather go than Michael Jordan's, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. And then, you know, even before the game, you know, in the hotel lobby and Mohegan Sun has a fabulous hotel there. And, uh, you know, you'll see the players who stay there, you know, lounging around or in the hotel lobby, getting ready to meet and go down to the arena, which is all again in the same big building, massive building. And uh, so, yeah, again, it just oozes, you know, just sort of this whole kind of basketball heaven kind of feel and uh yeah so uh, again they, they they really have just you know wonderful product maybe they should put a team in vegas yeah that might be it. that's a thought if they have to move one of those if one of the fledgling uh teams that'd be a thought to move to las vegas and try to duplicate that on in nevada exactly i mean they certainly have a blueprint to work with and uh again it's just so successful and you know if you don't live up here in New England, but especially in Connecticut, it's impossible to overstate the gigantic influence uh, of UConn and how women's basketball is a big-time sport in that state. And 
you know, almost throughout New England as a result of that. I mean, John, the Connecticut basketball team, they influenced the location of the newly formed American Athletic Conference tournament will be held at Mohegan Sun. So, I mean, it, it, it touches a number of aspects in women's basketball. There's these pockets around the country, and, and Connecticut's right up there with any anyone, including Knoxville and, uh, you know, Texas Tech and Stanford and uh, different teams around the country. But, yeah, the, the Mohegan Sun, that's the location for that tournament. Uh, I think it's next, next year. So the people can come from all around the country and, you know, visit that tournament as well next, next year. Interesting. I don't think I knew that. And we're talking about the former Big East, correct? Yeah, that, that, right. The former uh, Big East teams that uh, have the football programs, they've broken away. It's, you know, Houston, SMU, Central Florida, University of South Florida, Memphis, Temple, uh, Cincinnati, and Louisville. Yeah, and I think I mentioned Louisville still in the conference for one more year. And, of course, Connecticut is, you know, the main women's team in that league. Right, right. Well, speaking of that, uh, you and I will also be seeing each other in just a few days at the uh, at the American Athletic Conference Football Media Day in Newport, Rhode Island. It'll be uh, my third year in a row covering it, and it is just a fabulous event. It's at a great spot, uh, the Hotel Viking in downtown Newport, which is a spectacular town, goes without saying. So, uh that's an event I look forward to every year, and this year is even going to be better because we got, uh, you know, some new faces. Uh, but sadly, some of the old faces have gone. But it'll be interesting nonetheless. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it uh, myself, John, to talk to some of the athletic directors and head football coaches and PR people, and there'll be some TV uh, executives there and bowl people, and I think you know people from the college, the new college football playoff system. So we can check on, you know, like take the thermometer of college football around the country and see what's going on and find out about that selection committee. That's what really intrigues me about being there next week. Absolutely. Well, they have a new commissioner. They're going to add a couple new teams next year, including, very interestingly, Navy. The Naval Academy is finally joining a conference. Uh, which is, you know, no small statement by any means that, you know, that that's happening. And I think that, uh, you know, that was a big factor for this new, new conference. I really do. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, John. And, you know, one thing I'm starting to hear, you know, a lot of people were, you know, throwing darts at the former Big East, the football conference. But I, you know, they talk about the Big Five now, the ACC, the, the uh, Big 12, the Pac-12, the SEC, and the Big Ten, but you're still hearing more people talk about this new conference being part of that Big Five in some way, shape, or form. So I'm glad to hear that because I wouldn't want to see those teams just shut out from all the rewards of big-time college football. And, you know, probably you heard today that Mark Emmert, the president of the NCAA, he even talked about this new Division Four. maybe. They're coming up with a new classification for these top football programs so that's something to look forward to in the coming months to see how that will be resolved and and uh, discussed yeah i've been hearing a lot about that myself i'm frankly i'm not a fan i just don't i think the almost the foundation of college sports really is you know 
the opportunity for an underdog on any given day, and I don't care if it's Boise State in football or Butler in basketball, to, you know, play with the big boys. And I, I just think that's the very essence of, you know, college sports. And, boy, I would just hate to go see that ever go away because, you know, they, they, I think they've done a pretty good job of, you know, uh, kind of letting those schools at least have an opportunity so that now and again we get, you know, a Butler or a VCU or whomever. And Indiana State, going back to Larry Bird era, you know, whatever. Right. Uh, I, I, again, you know, I just oh, sure. think George that, Mason, right? George Mason, yeah, it's a long list, and, you know, those are the ones we remember. You know, we remember that. We don't remember what year Michigan State was in the NCAA Final Four, per se, you know, as an example, (laughs) but we sure remember George Mason, VCU, and Butler, no question about it. Yeah, they're not the same old, same old. Correct, and again, it's, you know, Boise State is the motto in football because, you know, and it all stems back to that Oklahoma game. They climbed that ladder. For so many years, finally hit the big stage against the big, big name Oklahoma, legendary name, and uh, simply produced the maybe the most entertaining football game in you know in decades. The most successful creative plays I've, I've ever seen executed. I can tell you that without a doubt, without a doubt, capped off by a proposal. <laughs> right, uh, right. Marriage you, you proposal throw that in for a little game. dramatic, dramatic uh, situation off the field, right? Exactly. Again, just a, a night that everybody remembers. No one will ever forget watching that game who watched it. So, uh, yeah, again, I've been reading it, and, you know, it's just tough to keep up with all the changes going on. But, boy, I just would hate to see, you know, the opportunity lost for, you know, those smaller schools, mid-majors, whatever you want to call them, whatever the football version of that is, you know. Uh, you know, and, and, oh, by the way, let's not even forget, you know, because I'm going to mention this name because I want to talk about this at the beginning of the next segment, but let's not forget, you know, Urban Meyer cut his bones first at Bowling Green, but more importantly at Utah, where he got chances, you know, on the big stage, which led to, you know, his career at Florida and now at Ohio State. I mean, so, you know, the benefits are endless towards giving these schools opportunities to, uh, you know, to play on national TV, for lack of a better way of saying it. Oh yeah, and I, and I think John, the the smaller schools or the have-nots as they're called, there's a a slight threat to the the haves money, you know, because they're trying to appease the student athletes with the total cost of attendance, and the have-nots have voted against that proposal, and I think anytime you 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 challenge the big boys, so to speak, they're, they're going to come up with some way to separate themselves from, you know, teams like the Butlers and the, you know, Boise States and football Butlers and basketball so they can have their way and and carry on and make more money and not have any uh, money siphoned off. So I think when any time you threaten their existence, you know, their power, then, you know, it's like the little dog biting the, you know, playing with the big bull. When that big bull wants to stomp him in the ground, he bites, you know, the little dog bites his nose, then the game is over. So, I mean, that, that seems to be the path that I don't I don't know if you're going to be able to stop it, John. I know. Yeah, it's certainly rolling down that highway. No question. Heading down that track. So, uh, anyway, we shall see. But, uh, 
With that said, uh, why don't we take our break and lots more to talk about on the other side, AP. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Ready for in-your-face sports? Want to talk about the topics that nobody else is willing to talk about? Either because they're too scared to touch them or just don't think it's the way to go. You're not going to be shy here. Tune in to Here's the Deal with Mega and Steel, featuring Ike Mega Griffin and Sydney Steel Justice. We've got the facts to back up the talk and invite you to join us every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, just before the weekend on the Voice America Sports Channel. We tell it like it is. Are you a Philly sports fan? Maybe you're local to Philly, or you're a transplanted Philly fan. Either way, you want to check out Philly Sports Jabronis. It's a radio show that has nothing to do with Chicago sports. It's not about NYC, and L.A. can't even muster a football team of their own. It's all about Philly sports, and nothing but Philly sports most of the time. Join your hosts Mike Greger and Joe Dara every Friday at 7 p.m. Philly time, 4 p.m. on the West Coast for the transplants on the Voice America Sports Channel. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. Still on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., we left off the last segment uh, by mentioning Urban Meyer and coach of Ohio State, and he and many, many other coaches were all over... uh, all over the air this past week as they were making visits to ESPN and media days and uh, just a lot of airtime from a lot of coaches nationwide. But let's start with Urban Meyer. Uh, What I heard was that Big Teen Media Day, I think something that sounds like eight of 13 questions were non-football related, of course, having to do with a couple of his players, again, in hot water. Yeah, I think it's sad, John, that, you know, the um, behavior off the field has dominated these media days 
because there's such you know great football being played across the country, and you have to take away from all the let's say ninety over ninety percent of those individuals that you know show up on time, go to class, and they don't cause any issues off the field. So it's uh, it's disturbing just to hear all that, but it's like the elephant in the room. You can't avoid it, John. You have to address those situations because it affects your football team so drastically. When when somebody can't be on the team, you know, can't perform, so there's nothing else you can do but be prepared as a coach to address the criticisms and give your answers straight and direct. And then there's nothing you can do about it. You can't win win an argument. Uh, you know, if one of your players gets in trouble, you can't follow them all around the countryside. You know, there has to be some accountability. I mean, you can blame the coach all you want. Um, the only the only the only way you really can blame the coach is if he's always bringing in people with questionable backgrounds. I think that in the past they've done some, some hellacious acts or something like that, and you put them on in your program, and then all of a sudden you come up to the podium and you have this. Well, I didn't realize that was going to happen. Well, you must have had some indication you you investigated his background before you brought him onto campus. Oh, absolutely! No, it's reached a new level. You know as a result of the Aaron Hernandez situation. It just has, you know, with all the stuff that's come out. Much of it was public record. It was just all right there for the taking. And a couple of, you know, after he got charged with murder, uh, you know, a couple of industrious reporters. And believe me, you didn't have to be too industrious. I was a newspaper reporter for 10 years. All I had to do was show up and say, uh, let me see the police reports, and they hand them to you. It's no big deal. <laughs> and that caused, you know, you know, that just opened up Pandora's box. And, you know, it's amazing to me. It's beyond ironic how this stuff all gets connected. And by that I mean, you know, Aaron Hernandez plays at the University of Florida under Urban Meyer. Many, of, many players were arrested from Urban Meyer's program at Florida. We all know that. You know, yesterday... Hernandez's, you know, brick, if you will, commemorating his all first team All America status of 2009, is removed from outside Florida, the you know the swamp, and uh, you know, lo and behold, you know, Belichick speaks Wednesday, Urban Meyer speaks uh, same day, whatever, uh, say, you know, this week, and you know, he's questioned about recent, uh, you know behavior issues with his current Ohio State players. I'm talking, when I say recent, I mean within the last week or two. We all know Belichick and Urban Meyer are very good friends, and, you know, Hernandez isn't the only one Gator that came on board. Uh, It's, uh, you know, Brandon Spikes, for example, from that team, and, you know, he's had his own issues, and it's just, you know, the way this story if you will, continues to overlap into places like Ohio State and Gainesville. And, you know, a mere 10 minutes ago, I'm looking and, you know, who's being who's completely surrounded by the media the way Brady was yesterday, the way Belichick was on Wednesday. But 10 minutes ago, you know, lo and behold, who was it? Tim Tebow, the third string quarterback for the Patriots. I laugh when I say that. And, you know, with a media horde around him and he, of course, was the guy who threw passes to Aaron Hernandez. It's just, is, is you, you can't make this stuff up. It's remarkable. No, no, John, that is so ironic that of all the teams Tim Tebow landed with was the New England Patriots and his former tight end at Florida is in this predicament. I mean, it, 
that's the epicenter of everything that's happening. As you said, for him to be there, he, you know, he thought it was bad in New York. I mean, this, this trumps that situation by far. By far. Well said. It really does. I hadn't even, you know, viewed that comparison. And, uh, you know, lest we forget, I'm in, by no means indicting Tebow in any way. But, you know, Tebow, uh, you know, I don't think I think he roomed with Hernandez, be it on away trips or bowl games or whatever. They shared a room, you know, at various points were roommates uh, on on football trips during their days at Florida. And I, you and I even talked about, you know, the fact that Tebow got here just about two weeks before the murder uh, with which Hernandez is charged occurred. And I, we, we kind of, you know, lamented, if you will, uh, you know, that perhaps had he gotten here, you know, uh, earlier than that, maybe he could have been a better influence. Who knows? We have no idea if he was ever an influence on Aaron Hernandez. You know, that's total yeah, that- speculation. But nonetheless, these are the kind of, you know, connections everybody's looking at because they're so, frankly, unbelievable. Yeah, John. I mean, I, I really believe that no no one individual could have influenced Aaron Hernandez. I just think that was way beyond anybody's you know, wheelhouse. Correct. And, you know, the truth is, you know, if it's not, there's no other athlete probably in America today that you would even attach the word good influence to, the phrase, uh, other than Tebow, because of the obvious reasons of his strong religious beliefs and, you know, how he is just simply, you know, by any and all accounts, such a, you know, uh, Positive role model, to say the least. So, uh, yeah, it's just, again, uh, and again, it's it's only getting bigger by the day. You, you just can't think it can get any bigger, and yet it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And we'll continue to do so, I'm sure. I mean, it's just a, a remarkable story, uh, unlike we've ever seen before, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, John, I, I, I don't know, when you were watching that Bill Belichick press conference, you had to believe it was surreal he's addressing the media in foxborough and about 11 miles down the road they had the split screen of aaron hernandez in court uh you know at a probable cause hearing i mean it it, it had to be a surreal moment for everyone to see those two things going on simultaneously totally in fact ap you know i, I you know i opened the show with that of course and uh Surreal is the only word you can attach to it. I mean, I was literally, you know, watching it. And while I'm watching it saying, you know, I don't believe what I'm seeing. You know, I just, and how often do you really say that? It's not very often that you say that. But I was saying that repeatedly during what was about a 20-minute, you know, split-screen situation. And again, to be up here, you know, I'm literally, you know, within a half an hour of both places, <laughs> Attleboro District Court and, you know, <laughs> Foxborough itself. And I'm just like shaking my head, you know, so I'm getting all the, you know, local perspective. You know, again, this is not a sports story. Every single local news channel in Boston, of course, cut out the, you know, broke in live into the soap operas, you know, to bring this all live. And what was interesting was, you know, just not something you see every day, the Belichick press conference to say it was widely anticipated would be a vast understatement. It was like, you know, 
uh, almost like a parlor game up here. What's he going to do? How's he going to handle it? Yeah. What are we going to see? And, with, yeah, right. and then when he – go ahead. No, no, John, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but even before the press conference, John, did you hear some of the media people saying that he really does not owe the media any explanation? Did you hear some of those comments? I did. It was shocking yeah. to me. Shocking. Yeah, John, I, I, I'll have to agree with you because I'm thinking here's the person responsible for evaluating the ta- talent and procurement of the players for the organization, and to say that he owed the media nothing, I just I, I couldn't follow that logic. Nor could I. I mean, you know, you can say what you want about the Patriots' public relations practices, media interaction over the years, and Belichick specifically, obviously. But, as I said at the beginning of the show, I give the Patriots all the credit because, you know, they had to step up. They did step up. Belichick personally stepped up, and the organization as a whole. And had they not, that would have been just, you know, a new low. There's no other way to say it. I mean... Again, it just, you know, it's a situation unlike as anyone's ever dealt with before, and therefore they dealt with it unlike they have any situation before, which is what, which was simply required. It was. No other way to say it. Yeah, no, I, I would have been really disappointed in the organization and, and, and Belichick personally if he didn't address the situation. And, it, and it's a smart move, you know, strategically to – to uh, give his answers before the training camp starts so his players will not be bombarded with those questions in the future. I mean, he can temper that to some degree. And, you know, their their stated goals are always to win Super Bowls and have players that are pillars of the community. Well, I mean, the first part you understand. The second part, I mean, this is a person that fell mighty short from that second goal of being a pillar of the community. So it was imperative that he talk about the situation and how he evaluates the talent. I mean, and they've brought in some questionable guys through the years, but oh, yeah. I don't think there's anyone that could predict or project, as he said, this level of behavior. I, I mean, I'll, I don't put any blame on the organization or Bill Belichick specifically for for bringing in Aaron and this, and, and everyone's supposed to be able to foresee something of this nature. And I agree wholeheartedly. No, no one can predict this. Uh, you, again, you couldn't make it up if you were writing fiction, you, this one. And uh, So just before we go to break, on that note, what did you think of Belichick's performance on Wednesday? Yeah, I, I thought he answered the questions uh, with that limited parameter that he had by not talking about the situation specifically, but he made – you know, he displayed the emotions of someone affected by the tragedy. Correct. And and so, in other words, you didn't see him cry up there, but you saw that it, he was disappointed and disheartened and saddened by the whole affair. So in that regard, I think he, um, you know, he that was acceptable what he said and, and did on stage that day. And I agree. I agree. He handled it as well as it could be handled, uh, especially given his history, uh, you know, uh, at the microphone, at the podium, so to speak. Uh, so with that said, uh, we're going to take another break. Uh, we'll come back for our final segment in just a minute or two.
internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. This week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, that's presented to you by Outdoor Channel. On this week's program, we'll have Gary Hamby from Deer Dirt and outdoor writer Scott Bestial, and he'll tell us how to use chainsaws for deer management. Hey, we also have another outdoor writer, David Hart and Brent Eaton with Polaris. I love Polaris. When we talk about food plots and deer management. And as always, it's brought to you by Outdoor Channel and Ram Trucks. Wednesdays at 1 Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. This Is It Sports is an engaging talk program that includes you, the experts, and sports, all moderated by Coach Carl Hargrave. We'll talk about what's going on in the general sports world, collegiate and professional, take a look at youth-oriented sports, athletic development and sportsmanship, faith, and where it has its place in sports, along with a lively discussion with Coach Carl every week. Tune in to This Is It Sports with Coach Carl Hargrave every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Football and so much more is the focus of Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Join the former Arizona Cardinals running back for a show that mixes, well, a little bit of everything. Damian brings to the program life experiences playing football and will talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field. The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Ingalls. Being back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., uh, there was also news this past week about, uh, on the college front, of course, about stipends for players. What, are your, uh, what were your thoughts on all that? Yeah, John, it seems that to me they all went to Sunday school, the commissioners, and they were preaching the same thing uh, from the podium about we have to get something done and, and pass this stipend legislation to give our student-athletes, especially in football, the total cost of attendance. I mean, you heard it from coast to coast. I mean, last week at the SEC Media Days, Mike Slive, and then at the ACC, John Swafford, uh, Big Ten, uh, Jim Delaney, you know, Pac-12, Larry Scott and Bob Bosley with the you know uh, uh, league down there in Texas. Uh, every every it, it seems like they're reading from the same script. And like I said before, uh, Mark Emmert, he he must want to placate those powerful men. And I think something's going to happen down the road where, in some way, the football players are going to receive some type of stipend. How they. How they maneuver that and navigate through Title IX, I don't know. But the big boys at the top, they, they'll handle that expense with relative ease. Um, the, the people in the way seems to be the, the smaller schools. And um, it's all going to have to be worked out because there's, they're threatening the, you know, uh, with that EA uh, lawsuit by Ed O'Bannon, 
people are starting to get very nervous. Right, right. That is also getting a lot of airplay suddenly. Uh, well, you know, I think they should be paid. There's just no other way to say it. I just think, you know, number one, they deserve it. We all know the millions that come into these sports programs, especially football and basketball, and these kids are getting nothing, and I'm well aware of the, you know, they're getting a free education, you know, argument. But, you know, to me there, what sets it apart for me is, you know, there are just so many ridiculous violations, you know, that if somebody buys somebody a lunch, a student-athlete lunch, that, you know, the NCAA is going to send a task force in on it. And that, to me, is just such a bad use of resources. I mean, I think the NCAA would be helping itself out uh, to a huge degree by simply not having to enforce all the silly regulations that they have so I would like, I think it would be again, you know, it's in their own best interest to approve, you know, some type of stipend, uh, which would eliminate probably half of the the silly laws and time consuming, you know, regs that they need to enforce. Yeah, there's so many rules on the books, John, even the coaches, they don't, they can't even apply them to their daily activities. Right. I mean, uh, every school has a yearly report, and you could click on that to read all the various secondary violations. And I, half the time you're looking at them and you're saying, if I'm sending a text, I didn't even realize that I couldn't send it at this moment. Or if I grouped it with another individual, maybe the athlete and another coach, that was against the rules. So they have all these ticky-tack things, and there's no one who, who – I guarantee you a person from the NCA couldn't pass a test. Bingo. You just had it right. The very the very people who enforce it can't, couldn't possibly understand it. Nobody could. It's just too extensive and, again, just so defeating. And, you know, again – I just always come down on simply the common sense side of things. You know, to me, <laughs> we all know X percentage of these players, you know, come from uh, backgrounds where maybe their family can't afford to, you know, come in to see him play or whatever. And again, it's just not common sense to me. You know, it's like, you know, what's the, what's the point, you know, and certainly what's the harm? I mean, a family who raised a, a student athlete should be able to get to see their kid play, <laughs> period. Yeah, should. and John, you mean, <laughs> for people who don't understand that total uh, cost of attendance um, situation, in other words, a person who gets a music scholarship, they can receive that stipend for the total cost of attendance where an athlete cannot. Right, so, which makes so it even more they're ridiculous. actually receiving more. Somebody who plays f- football is receiving less than someone who maybe who's, has a band scholarship or a dance scholarship or any other type of scholarship the uh, university offers. Right, and let's not forget, you know, uh, no matter how good your music department is, they're not bringing in as much pro- money as your football department. So there's money to go around, to, d- to yeah, divvy and, up, so to speak. No, I mean, all, and all those commissioners, they feel that they can, you know, afford that, total cost of attendance to each athlete, so why not? Correct. Uh, Not to mention that many athletes are prevented from, you know, working in any way or whatever, whatever the regs say, you you know, but we're all familiar with the argument that, you know, uh, 
the student athlete can't go out and, you know, have a couple of pieces of pizza because he doesn't have any money in his pocket when all the students that he wants to go out and have the pizza with all can because they're allowed to have, you know, whatever jobs to put a little pocket change in their in their pocket. Right. And, and you know, you give them this little stipend, this will never, never satisfy the, uh, you know, uh, second string left guard who thinks he's worth 20000 a year. You'll never satisfy that type of student athlete. But this is just to give them some extra money to have on campus and and operate and, and feel like everyone else, you know, can go out and not have to worry about having $10 in their pocket. Exactly. Well, hard to believe, AP. Uh, another show has come to an end. And quick shout-out to Phil Mickelson winning the British Open. And with that said, thanks again for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week. We'll be right back.